everybody, and welcome to Natter, the Zillennial podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Parent, and we are joined today by Arush Azizi. Hello, Arush. Hello, hello. How are you doing? I'm very good. It's a beautiful day today in Vancouver, so. It's a beautiful day in Edmonton, too. Awesome. All right, why don't you um, tell us a bit about yourself and what we'll be talking about today? Yeah, well, my name's Arush Azizi. I'm living in Vancouver right now as a uh, film student at Vancouver Film School. I was supposed to graduate, but uh, due to current events, uh, graduation has been held off. Um, I'm currently trying to make some films and whatnot on YouTube and keeping myself busy as we try to get through these strange times. But yeah, I'm uh, just delving into the arts now. Awesome. And what is your YouTube channel? Oh, yes. My YouTube channel is called Ari, A-R-I. Like, share, subscribe, smash that like button. Still get used to. I'm still trying to get used to saying that comfortably. Okay, everybody, you heard him. Follow him. Like, subscribe, smash that button. <laughs> All right. What's our subject? Oh well, I have been talking pretty much constantly. The only people I talk to, I talk to consistently about how it's just very strange how for the past. I don't know how long has it been since we've been in lockdown now. Uh, since about March 16th-ish, give or take. Yeah, so it's been a while. And in that time, it's so interesting that we haven't really gotten, outside of the internet, we haven't really gotten new content. Um, and because of that, obviously, we're craving content. People want to satiate that wanting to find some art, you know, not lose their minds all day. People want to listen to music or watch a movie and go out and do those things and so weird that that's not happening right now so i'm so curious to see what the world is going to be like once things kind of start back up um in terms of what people want to consume content wise um because my assumption right now is that a big portion of content is going to be created and consumed on the internet for the most part now and that there's going to be a lot of a decline i would say in um uh, Things. I'm worried that there's going to be decline rather and got people going to movies and like the theaters and whatnot. And there's going to be more, you know, online streaming or purchasing of films online rather than just going out and stuff. So I, uh, I'm so curious what this, uh, what the new world is going to be like in terms of art and whether the impact is going to be positive or negative. So yeah, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. Awesome. <laughs> Big subject. And I like yeah. that it's going to encapsulate several different kinds of art because they are so intertwined with one another although the industries oh, are yeah. very different um so let's go back to when lockdown happened because i think the way that um art industries had to shut down will say it says a lot about how they will open up again mm. so for me uh in music school everything was shut down completely classes ended that had to be in person so we had things like performance classes or ear training classes where we have to sing together as a class and you can't do that anymore. So profs were just like, you know what, that's it. You guys have the grade you have, hopefully you passed. Yeah. Meanwhile, other classes did move on, uh, did move online. So what was that like for you in film school? Because that is a much more in-person thing, even than music. Yeah, so for the school side of it, I mean, industry-wise, it just, uh, they couldn't do any more filming and whatnot, and that mm -hmm. just sucks. So lots of shows and stuff are obviously going to suffer and lots of money is lost, but... Uh, in terms of school, it was very strange. Um, there were some productions in our school that were right in the middle of their finals, and it's like a three-day production thing, and it's like 3000 actual dollars that 
students are trusted to like spend, which is really cool. Yeah. Uh, and I think in the middle of day two of one of their finals, they got the, we all got the email saying schools closed down. Uh, nothing's happening anymore. So all that effort that all everyone has put in throughout this year to get all these people, cast all these people, you know, recast and all these issues. It, uh, it really, it really broke a lot of spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it's just so scrambled right now. I mean, it's, it's crazy everywhere. So yeah, it's, uh, just now they're starting to slowly kind of open things back up and are considering doing like skeleton crews, which is just like minimal amount of people uh in a room filming something so mm-hmm. i mean everyone's excited either way because everyone's just craving wanting to do something right i mean right. it's I'm, i think it's actually kind of crazy I, I didn't even think about how music is probably getting hit harder in a way because like live performance is everything when it comes to music so the fact <laughs> that festivals and stuff just can't happen yeah is like, there's so much Oh, it's brutal. When you told me about this topic, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to research this because I know about the music side of things, but I thought, well, how mm-hmm. is other art being impacted? Because film and television is one thing. Theater is another thing. Music's another thing. Visual art is another thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to turn to theater right now just because I found something that was very interesting. When you talk about opening up um, film to skeleton crews and doing things spaced out with fewer people, Mm-hmm. Um, I found an article on CBC. Uh, by the way, everybody, I will just link these art- articles on social media so they'll be easy to find. Anyway, mm-hmm. theater, CBC article. And one of the theaters, the Quebec City Cultural Space um, with Robert LePage, or LePage, Robert LePage, if you're French. Um, Page. <laughs> yeah, totally, that's it. <laughs> um, they said that what they're really interested in doing is as they're able to open up have uh, shows, regular shows with smaller amounts of people mm-hmm. or just having completely different kinds of shows with outdoor productions or other theaters are doing things with actors who are already couples or already roommates. So they're casting based on what living mm. situations are so that the people can totally still kiss on stage because they already <laughs> live together. There's no risk for them, you know? Yeah. So while... That's strange. Yeah. So while there are all these, um, like, monetarily definitely art is going to suffer. It was really interesting to read some of these articles and see that while the the financial side may be suffering, the artistic side may be pushed forward to do new things. And do you think mm. film could do that? Do you think music could do that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, what's super cool, I found like just during this whole uh, situation was like, I mean, I felt like for me, it opened up more opportunity to go film because mm-hmm. I mean, city streets were like way less polluted and it motivated me to just go out. I was like, wow, I can literally just stand in random spots and actually get like decent shots and stuff because I'm not going to have all this clutter in the frame, you know? Mm -hmm. And I noticed that lots of my friends uh, and classmates and TAs and all that stuff were literally just like on Instagram saying like, boom, we're just filming in random spots in the city now because no one's bothering to do anything so in a way i would say that there is it is it did it is opening opportunities and i mean hopefully inspiring more people to uh make make stuff create (laughs) stuff you know i am hoping that this does breed like a a big uh boom in filmmaking and on top of that like with these recent protests and things like that i think that is also really adding to the sort of positivity that's going to come out of all of this and Mm -hmm. uh hopefully burst with a bunch of really, really cool, diverse art. Yeah, and with 
both film and the protests, the technology that we have has come, has become absolutely essential. Because now mm -hmm. people like you who may not have access to the fancy equipment, we still have cell phones that, and iMovie and things like that oh. where you can make the art anyway. Oh, absolutely. It's, you can still, you can still have just as much fun doing it. If anything, like, it's like a billion times more satisfying when you can actually do it without all the other stuff. Mm -hmm. Kind of makes you realize how, you know, it's more about, it's more about the person wielding the sword, not the sword, you know? Yeah, totally. I, um, I've seen the same thing with music as well, because personally, I'm, I, I'm not in the music business, especially as a student who's learning how to be professional in the business. You need to have your, um, your image, I suppose, especially as a, as a performer who's going on stage, people need to know, like, well, who's your target audience? What venue do, do you belong in? Where should you go for photo shoots? Like the image really matters. I've personally never been that into, been into that kind of thing. But I've been finding the people who are, um, and like, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, you know, your deal. Um, but the people who are super into the aesthetic of their music and their their musical brand, they're letting a little bit more intimacy and vulnerability into their craft now hmm. because they're doing all of these live streams that's in a corner of their house. So their audience right. is now seeing their home. It's seeing them in bad lighting with bad sound quality and sometimes bad yeah. camera quality and it's kind of breathing it is breathing more intimacy into what yeah. they're doing and it feels more community oriented absolutely absolutely um i was a friend of mine was asking me what i was trying to do on youtube and i was telling him <laughs> i'm trying to be like a modern goofy like internet version of mr rogers you know because <laughs> i feel like everyone it's kind of what everyone is doing is like you know everyone's being sort of neighbor of someone that they're a fan of in a way and yeah that intimacy is making it feel that way which is really really great mm -hmm. but um there's something i was going to tell you oh in terms of uh, kind of off on a little tangent but back a little bit of, about music mm -hmm. um did you hear about like the there was like a live concert on Fortnite, like the video game i did not hear about that what? yeah so like it's it's like in to an extent where you know, there's no music festivals, there's no live performances. So, like, mm -hmm. I believe it was, I think it was Travis Scott, like, did some sort of deal with Fortnite, and you can watch like, it basically you're like jumping around in the game, and then this huge performance just happens, and it's like a big cinematic adventure. But he's like, I think he's like, actually singing his new album or something like that. Whoa! <laughs> and it was like live, live happening. Yeah, it's it it says live, but like I've watched it, and it's like I don't know if there's uh I don't know if he's I don't think he's actually singing like literally in the game, mm -hmm. but it's like there's a big avatar of him that's like walking around the world of Fortnite, and everyone's that's just amazing. bouncing around with him, and it keeps changing. It's crazy. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, Fortnite is a video game very popular among younger mm -hmm. children, like you know, like good old thirteen and twelve year olds and younger. Uh, it's a first person shooter, and the goal is to be the last person surviving out of all the players uh, huge huge boom in like 2018 or 19 yeah it was huge and you connect with people all over the world like most video games now so that's incredible that artists are using even fortnite now yeah so it's like breeding creativity in that way it's like it'd be cool if there was that sort of collaboration more you know mm -hmm. i would love to see that kind of stuff i mean that kind of stuff i guess is was is still happening in places like who's where's that that virtual that hologram artist and is it a Korean artist or something that is just a hologram of someone singing? Oh, I think uh, I think Japanese 
There's a Japanese one like that yeah. I've heard about. There may be a Korean one too. So I guess that's the closest thing we had before that to sort of video game music, but it's getting it's getting interesting. Like I'm I'm so curious to see what's gonna what's going to come out of this. Uh, I'm so curious to see sort of new artists that might blossom from this situation. Mm-hmm. You know, although I'm sure that this whole situation has uh, closed a lot of doors. Uh, I have no doubt that it's going to be opening uh, many many more. Yeah. Well, while we're talking about the open doors, let's stay there until we get to the closed ones. <laughs> Keep it light as as long as possible. Um, the visual art scene was another thing I wanted to talk about because you mm-hmm. love drawing. You talk about in that in your YouTube videos, your social media, oh. you share your doodles and everything. Oh, I love my doodles. Yeah. And um, I, I read this thing in The Guardian about how the the closing doors of like galleries and things like that is awful. But it's taking away some of the um, elitism of visual art. And Mm. it's making even the big museums and things share things on social media about, you know, like, I think their example was draw a thirsty ferret. So they had all of Mm. these amateur artists and children and adults who'd never picked up a pen before just sending in their things and making it a lot Mm. more community oriented. And I feel like because of the tech, yeah, exactly. Because of the technology we have, we have the opportunity to to um kind of validify Mm. the uh the artistic expression of people who don't consider themselves experts because art is a very human thing we all want to do it we all seek it out but there is that elitism in western society to say that only people trained in it can do it and because of not having access to these elite artists anymore we're forced to support our friends who are starting out forced Mm -hmm. to support our local art economies a lot more and that can be a really powerful thing for everybody yeah it's so limiting i do i i've never actually thought about that because i do agree that art should be a very welcoming thing to everybody Mm -hmm. because i mean i didn't realize the amount of freedom i feel when i make something Mm -hmm. like i think freedom is the closest thing i can say or satisfaction maybe because, you know, when I draw something, I find it to be more peaceful and, like, meditative in a way. And it's just more relaxing and it's for no purpose other than just because I like it. Mm-hmm. When it comes to filmmaking and stuff like that, uh, when I when I finish all that and I put all of that work into it and I make something that I actually try and, you know, speak through and I finish that, like, I get this, like, huge rush of adrenaline. Like, I don't care that I'm getting, like, I don't care if I get a ton of views or anything like that. I just... It feels good to know that I have the ability to do that. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I could have done that with my phone. I could have done that with anything. And it's, I think if more people realized the actual opportunity they have in their hands, you know, Mm -hmm. that would be incredible. So I would love to see more uh, of a welcoming spirit in terms of uh, what you're talking about. Yeah, I think it would be amazing. I, um... Yeah, there are different forms, like what you were just saying, there are different forms of fulfillment that can come from doing different kinds of art. I have um, one of my old classmates, I guess I have to say that, I've graduated now. That's weird, I sound old. (laughs) One of my old classmates, he's a musician, obviously he was in class with me, but he's also turned to photography now, and he says he just feels like a completely different person doing that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. He's using his eyes instead of his ears now, and it, it just makes him see himself in a different way which is fantastic absolutely it's yeah. it's so important to have that it's so important to have that perception of yourself it's so important to just realize that there's another side of you that could exist if you wanted it to 
you know? Mm -hmm. And art is like perfect for that. There's so many different avenues that you could tackle in your life that are, you know, don't require as much time as you would think. And some that do, if you want them to, you know, that's the really great thing about art is that like, you can really put like as little or as much work as you want to put into most things. Mm -hmm. And you're going to get a result and it's more satisfying. I would say to at least do it, finish it and not uh, worry too much about yeah. uh, it being perfect, obviously. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't need to be perfect. That's the other I, thing that must be I think be that's said. what scares people and makes them not do it. You know, it's yeah, definitely what made me not do it. Yeah, in our society, everything's like you get trained. You're either a good drawer or you're not, rather than just, you know, anybody can just make what they want on the page. It's fine, which yeah. I think needs to be far more encouraged. We need there to grow are, comfort. Yeah, it is. And it's about self-expression. It doesn't need to be good. <laughs> I mean, eventually see, it does. <laughs> there's some art on the wall um, behind me. I'm sure you can see. I mm. made the top one. I'll post this on on social media too, so you guys can check it out. Oh, oh that'll be embarrassing, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Can I guess <laughs> what it is? I feel so. I, yeah. I'm gonna feel so bad if it's wrong. From far away, it, it looks like Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre. It's actually what it was. Was I took an art class with one of my friends, and we were just learning how to use charcoal. Mm -hmm. and oh, so fun yeah it's really fun and so we're just practicing using it doing different textures and different shading and stuff and it ended up looking like a really weird abstract freddie mercury <laughs> so now it's on the wall in our music room because like it's, it's awkward but i'll share it so you can get a closer look and oh uh, perfect and it's great because it was just the self-expression came and it's awkward and it's weird, but it's, it, and it's bad, but it's on display because we all feel something when we look. <laughs> so damn it, guys, if you want to draw, just draw. It doesn't matter if it's good. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Please. If you have the urge to doodle something, just do it. it yeah. And no we have time. the time now. And I know a lot of people are stressed because of the quarantine, but if you're not doing anything with your time, you might as well just do something with it. And I know with the music side of things again, um, I, I did, well, it wasn't really digging because it was really easy to find this information, but downloads of GarageBand have skyrocketed, uh, Reverb, Guitar Center, Roland, Splice, all of these mm. have seen like record numbers of sales on specific days. And a lot of them are for their beginner products, which is telling you that it's not just the people established in music that are buying these things. It's people who are trying things for the first time, which is super encouraging. That's awesome. I've also yeah. seen that. Uh, what else did I, I just read something that said that prices on uh, was it like Google Homes and all those things were being purchased? No, it was that people were starting to play their music more on like devices that played music, like not not headphones, basically. Yeah. Anything but headphones. That was such an interesting, weird thing. I was like, why? Why? That's such an odd like change in behavior yeah <laughs> that's so cool it's like they want to share yeah fill up their space with it exactly <laughs> I the love positivity. That. that's oh. my assumption at least that's amazing you know what if anything i think that this has this whole thing has at least given uh or at least made people realize more so just how important art really is you know yeah just for our health man <laughs> yeah no it, it keeps us I balanced mean, Oh, absolutely. It brings me peace. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what I was doing before all this. <laughs> I've never felt so calm in myself, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I guess those are all the good things. Community spirit and people trying new things. Um, and then, of course, there's the flip side, which is everyone's going broke. Galleries are oh. closing and jobs are yeah. lost. And uh, what's that going to look like for film, do you think? I don't know. I am so I, 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 I'm excited because at the end of the day, uh, when it comes to filmmaking, like I think that at the end of the day for me, I just want to delve into it and jump into projects. And mm -hmm. there's always going to be people that want to work on projects, independent stuff constantly. And for me, I want to work more so in independent stuff and make my way uh, that way. And then eventually just make my own stuff and, you know, meet, meet the, the industry of people that love movies, you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't think that it's going to change, you know, the challenge of finding that kind of space to do that work. But I, I do think it'll be more competitive though. Mm -hmm. And I don't mind that. I think that's really fun because I think that's only going to breed better work, you know? And I know a lot of hungry filmmakers right now that are like ready to go. And that makes me so excited to get going as well. How, uh, how long did they say it would take before festivals and concerts like that were going to come back up? Um, I've seen some projections that say things can't probably can't go back to normal until 2022, which I'm like, oh, that's a <sighs> bummer. But then reading all these articles, some places are saying that they're going to open some theaters to like quarter capacity and do smaller mm. stage things. So it, it could just be more shows with less people in the audience each time. So like mm -hmm. it, it won't be normal again until we have a vaccine probably, but it's so interesting. Gonna try. I I'm friends with, the, there's a large pot. Well, I, there's lots of Brazilian people in, uh, in Vancouver. And mm -hmm. there's a few that I hang out with that when they don't do it now, but I remember when this was just starting, uh, when COVID had kind of started, they were on YouTube and they would watch live streams of multiple Brazilian, like music, like singers. And they would have like cameras in their super nice houses and they would just be singing on a microphone, talking to their chat, like of fans. And it was that is so cool. I was like, man, that's almost like cooler, cooler in its own way than going to a live concert, mm -hmm. you know? Cause like all they're doing is just reading all the stuff you're saying and singing with you, like versus yeah. like maybe seeing you in the crowd and giving you a wave and, you know, it's like a different kind of connectedness that I was bringing. And I was like, man, why aren't more artists like in North America doing that? That That'd is amazing. How awesome would it be to see just like random artists just like start a live stream together and then they just start hanging out with people and just singing, you know, making a goofy show. It'll go viral immediately. Like it would. And oh, no. I think it could get there, honestly, because I know I think a lot of people are buying into the idea of live streaming being a legitimate way of showing art now oh absolutely people, like they, they believe in it now before it was just like you know why are you showing me making your breakfast but now people totally tune in to watching celebrities do that because we want that connection so I think absolutely. like at least from my perspective as a musician a lot of my peers will probably keep doing the odd live stream even after this is done because it's less work it doesn't cost money here in Alberta at least we have to pay venues to play there because we can't always guarantee a big enough audience because of the population mm -hmm. um 
so it's just cheaper and easier and you actually do get into people's homes and it can be on demand for your fans and that's super valuable yeah. well the what you were just saying about uh, paying for those venues and stuff do you think that's going to change now because venues because of their lack of business venues that would require more business might be more willing to let artists just come in for without that payment you know i hope so i think that the pandemic has forced us to look at a lot of things in our society that don't really make sense Mm -hmm. And you want to talk about the protest, the all the protests going on right now as well. And I think all of that is definitely going like the protesting and wanting to reshape systemic things is going to yeah. affect the way our society works anyway. So I think both of those things together, like it's un undoubtedly things will change. I don't know yeah, how far inevitable. or how quickly, but yeah, that's the to. that's the scary part. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting though. Um, but like on the same, in terms of film too, like I'm, I'm so curious to see if local businesses and stuff are going to be more willing to, uh, rent out their locations and stuff for filmmaking, you know? Oh yeah. I can imagine they would be, they'd want, they'd want the press, hey? <laughs> yeah. it's like, here, we can advertise your business if you want, like mm -hmm. it's free, free of charge. We don't care. Like just, you know, give us like one day and on a weekend or something or, you know, like I'm, I'm so ready to just start contacting businesses the second things start opening up just being like yo can me and like five friends please come in here on like tuesday <laughs> like, like two hours or something you know yeah because there's always this beautiful places all like oh i went when i was in edmonton uh where natalie and i are uh, both from the same place well you weren't born in edmonton but I, yeah i'm from saskatchewan came here for university yeah yeah so uh back in edmonton like i went back i forgot oh, man i haven't been home in a while now yeah. but when I went back, it was like, I looked at the city in a totally different way. Cause I'd mm -hmm. been there forever. I was like, man, there's so much cool stuff around here. Like I'm, I'm, I heard that it was very difficult to find locations and people don't generally let you in Edmonton and stuff. Cause it's weird, but, um, <laughs> I get it. But now like maybe I could go to Edmonton and be like, yo, are you guys willing to, you know, let some, some rookies come in here and film yeah. something? So, Do you think that in, um, especially in Vancouver, because it is, it has a much bigger film industry than Edmonton does. Do you think that student films and short films and indie films that are being made there are going to have more, we'll see a surge in popularity um, once people are able to make them more because we are connecting more with our communities? I think so, but I don't know. I'm, I think that companies are starting to consider investing in artists more like mm -hmm. after did you hear about like the, the that Spotify deal with Joe Rogan yeah yeah you know they they, they didn't purchase his his IP like they don't own his intellectual they don't own his podcast they literally just purchased his brand like they just said like you only make your content for from here now for a set amount of time yeah and so I don't know that to me spoke volumes for artists i mean i think it says a lot about what you can make on your own like that podcast was made in his basement like or not in his basement rather his uh, office mm -hmm. at his house like 10 years ago and he was mocked constantly for it now he's built it into just a, a hobby he's been doing his whole life and he just sold it to a company for a hundred million dollars just to keep doing his hobby you know so i think that speaks volumes for the opportunities that you could make as an independent artist making your own stuff and actually like 
investing your time into yourself and mm-hmm. building something because it's absolutely going to influence people once you you know put the effort into whatever you're making it you're absolutely going to see results and um and investing think- in where you are as well yeah. like, you, like you say coming back to Edmonton you see all these amazing things that's how I felt when I came to Edmonton and I was amazed mm-hmm. at I mean, we don't have cranes back where I'm from. We don't have buildings tall enough to necessitate cranes. So I'd see like construction going on. I'm like, oh my God, it's amazing. And people are like, wow, no, like the construction yard is disgusting. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. So I think it could make people turn and look at like, what do they have and and value it a lot more. Yeah. Did you find that during this situation that there was uh, more a sort of, a, a stronger sense of community during the during the sort of COVID crisis. Aside from the tensity that you would sort of feel around people, did you mm-hmm. sense that people were at least more helpful towards one another during the times at Edmonton? Or, um, well, at the beginning, there were still a lot of people who did not believe it. Of course, um, I'm not going to talk about what kind of people they are, but let's just say <laughs> this is more left leaning podcast. Um, <laughs> Um, however, the, uh, head doctor of Alberta, or, oh, I feel bad. I don't know what her real title is, but, uh, Dr. Henshaw, she has like her own mm. Facebook fan page now and people absolutely love her. So mm. I think after she was able to kind of build up her platform of being a reputable source and people started listening to her, um, the community definitely did become more, um, more bent on actually helping each other out mm-hmm. uh, especially within mostly I only know art people in Edmonton because I moved here just to do music but especially with all of those people because I find artists are naturally pretty empathetic they reached out hardcore to each other and are very much supporting each other's work and hey, so-and-so is hiring right now, go apply at Superstore or something. You know, people are doing that, which mm-hmm. is really nice. Yes, I am, I am seeing that as well. I am seeing that as well. It's very strange. It's very strange because I, I remember at the beginning of all this, I felt such a tension around people, mm-hmm. and I was so worried because it was – I think that was around the time when I actually just started, re- like, releasing some videos on YouTube. And I remember I felt so nervous to, like, voice my opinion. Because yeah. I was just like, I feel like we're in such a fragile state right now. Like, I don't want to say something stupid. And so yeah. that affected my my ability to, or my, uh, the giving me, it affected my uh, sort of confidence, I should mm-hmm. say, in releasing my content and stuff. So, and uh, it's, it's hard to connect to people when you don't have all the facts about what's going on in your world. Because at the beginning, mm-hmm. back in March, we didn't know anything about the virus or how to stay safe or any of those things. So I think now that we've kind of settled into a bit more of a pattern, it's a bit easier. Mm-hmm. Do you have any projects that uh, have been inspired from this situation that you're working on or that you've, uh, this that one, you've made? This podcast. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I, See, I've open always, door. exactly. I've always loved radio and I like to talk and I'm pretty good at not leaving awkward silences. So I was like, Hey, I could become a radio show host and go work at campus radio uh, shout out to CJSR in Edmonton. Um, <laughs> but th- yeah, but then all of this happened and I'm like, well, I can't go, I'm not going to go start doing this during a pandemic. 
And mm-hmm. then this idea to just talk to people about things they like popped into my head because we were seeing so many negative messages and the world was going crazy and everyone was terrified. And I'm like, well, for all of us sitting in our basements trying to stay safe, we should talk about some of the lighter things. And that's where this came from. That's beautiful. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about, about doors opening. Do you know anyone... Uh... And any of like our friends and whatnot like do you know any of projects that are coming from that as well um one of our friends has taken up cross stitching oh beautiful and <laughs> one of them took a an online master class i don't know if it was like that actual master class company master class but it, it was a, a lesson thing for online for edm and electronic music production okay um, and it was, oh darn, I'm I'm not good at the EDM world at all, but it was with like a big name producer too. And like they, he actually had to make his songs and send them out and everything. Um, and that Dead Mouse fellow? <laughs> it was not Dead Mouse. It was not, no, it was somebody else. Um, and yeah, just other friends are just practicing a lot. Um, Declan's oh, I love learning that. French. That's not art, but it's close. Oh. So. <laughs> I can't imagine him speaking French. I don't know why. Listeners already know who Declan is. He made the theme song for the show, so. <laughs> I can imagine, like, Declan, like, speaking Russian for some reason. <laughs> when I he eventually assume... comes on, now all of the all of the listeners will expect this big Russian man to appear. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's a beautiful Russian man with troll feet. He's oh, going to have fun when he hears that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for him to hear that. But, yeah, like, so many people are doing... Um, new things my mom actually has a furniture um finishing business she does antique furniture and sells them and she's had so much time to like dive into that and do even more and of course like all of the markets and stuff that she and my sister were going to go to because my sister's a visual artist were cancelled but they because of this they just have this huge collection of work that they've done mm-hmm. and they're like well I might as well just keep going because I mean, <laughs> I have the momentum now, so. I've heard of uh, people, at least in Vancouver, that are doing, um, they're just doing like little concerts in their backyards. Yeah, yeah. Some of my friends are doing concerts in their driveway for their That's neighborhoods. That's awesome. Yeah. I know people that were doing quarantine parties to network, you know? It yeah. was just like, so bored. Like, it's like, I almost feel like it takes. It, it's easier because now like even introverted people can be in a comfortable place just put on Mm. a nice shirt do their hair their makeup whatever (laughs) they need to do and they don't have to look anybody in the eye and if they don't know what to say they can just pretend the screen glitched out for a second and they can think about their response (laughs) it's so true it's so true yeah like it can be very beneficial yeah you know the the big thing, I think it was like the first week when this happened and we, everyone had to stay indoors, basically. I remember I was talking to my buddy and we, we were just trying to figure out like, man, what are we going to do right now? And I was like, you know, the, my, our biggest complaint in film school was that we wanted to get more hands-on experience. We wanted to be mm-hmm. filmmaking as much as possible. And we wanted the time to do that, but it was just school was so busy that we were like, okay, if we do that, we're not going to catch up with schoolwork. And I got to a point where we were all like, oh, we wish we just had, like, just, like, a little break. Just, like, a little <laughs> break to, like, just make stuff together before school's over and we all leave. And then, boom, like, three, four months of just stay indoors, 
staying inside for any reason is a good thing. Yeah. We're like, oh, you can, we can write and stuff and not feel like we're wasting time. We can, you know, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. we can, we can do those things and like, they want us to do those things. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was motivating in a way to be like, okay, like all we have to do is just be inside and be little gremlins and practice and just. <laughs> You know, just try and stay sane. Little film gremlins. Have any of your film friends like, started big projects as well? I know a couple people that are just making their own cool stuff. Like they just bought like a fancy cool camera that they could film cool stuff in their place with. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's made some really cool stuff. Uh, I know somebody who is just getting on like a, they volunteered for some crew that was in Maple Ridge. And I am working with, a friend this week on his own personal like he's making like a pitch for or he's filming the first two episodes of like a tv show that he wants to make so awesome mm -hmm. another aspect of what you wanted to talk about is um the protests that are going on for black lives matter by the way yes everybody this podcast supports black lives matter and you should too don't be an <laughs> ass okay moving on how do you think that <laughs> all those protests are going to affect art I am. I think it already has, but yeah. it's making a a serious shift in a good way. I think for a lot of people. I heard a video, or watched a video rather, of uh, Tyler the Creator. I think it was talking about how uh, some I forget who did, but they they basically had a genre called urban, and they got rid of that yeah. term. Yeah, yeah, basically, that. and that something as simple as that. I mean, that's that to me is a pretty pretty solid step in showing that uh, there is a there's a recognition that there is a zero tolerance policy for that kind of pointless use of grammar mm -hmm. you know <laughs> yeah yeah totally just words um, that don't need to be there yeah and uh, obviously it's no like it's no shocker that the film industry is strange in its uh in its forms of castings and how it likes to do its business and uh i hope 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 that it has a positive impact and that we have just a, a competent diverse industry that's like any other um yeah because you want to properly give people opportunities to properly portray yeah. people in media like we like there's the they always talk about how back in like the 30s i think it was the only roles for black people were like playing mammy like in gone with the wind like that kind of oh character. it was outrageous yeah. it was awful and like white people especially have to give people the space to just be regular normal characters yeah i mean like it's and the asian the asian community also suffers from this in the film industry too mm -hmm. like there is oh man what's the movie oh weekend at, no what's the movie with the aggressively racist guy playing like pretending to be a japanese man i can't remember oh, breakfast but I will... at tiffany's yes yeah Yes, I think that's what it was. Yeah. You know, like it's crazy, and I don't know. I, I, yeah. But my my worry is just that I don't. I hear lots of arguments from people saying that they want like diversity for the sake of diversity in a film. And what I mean by that is just like an even distribution of people in a movie for the sake of having an even distribution. Like they just want to take off like, boxes, which is not the point. Yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, like, if a film doesn't have that, it's like there's an immediate assumption about this that there is some sort mm -hmm. of offensiveness to it. Like, I just watched a movie yesterday. Uh, have you seen Dazed and Confused? 
Yes, it has been a long time though. Oh yeah, it's a it's super. If you've never seen a movie like it, like it's such an interesting experience. It's a, a film that there's no necessarily there's like not really a main character. It's mm-hmm. just like a lot of stuff happens. Yeah. And there's one there's one black man in the film, and my buddy told me that there was a lot of backlash that this director got from that because he only had one black person in this film, and that people were like, what 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 gives? It feels like you were just doing that to just say that. Mm-hmm. And for him, he just said, well. When I was in school, there was only one black man like that I went to school with, so I was just like conveying that, you know. And so I worry that I don't want us to get to a point where like that kind of thing gets demonized, you know. But I obviously would love a diverse and welcoming industry that doesn't make those kinds of initial judgments. Like, it's it's a rarity that race even matters for a role, in my opinion, unless you're the story you're trying to tell like a theme or a motif that you're talking about is race of course then there's no there's nothing wrong with that but um yeah i just want there to be this understanding that you know it just needs to serve the story like filmmaking is about just serving an idea you know Mm -hmm. telling people something and there should never be any sort of politics about that journey you know just make the thing you want to make without some sort of judgment of one's. Yeah. So then <laughs> you know, along that vein, it's not so much don't cast people just to tick off boxes. It's more give everyone the chance to make the movies they want. Give everyone the chance to write the stories yeah. that they want. That way people have characters who are real people and not stereotypes in those characters, in those films, in those stories. Directed yeah. by people who understand what the story is and who those people are. Yeah. What I respect about Jordan Peele is that, like, he makes he makes and he he purposely makes his films like basically a full cast of black people because he says that that's part of something that he wants to say as an artist is mm-hmm. like you know what that's what my movies are gonna be yeah. like that's just my style that's what I want yeah cool like I 100% like respect that that's what you want to do man like do it yeah <laughs> it's like oh damn it I can't act in a Jordan Peele film it's like I have no, I have no divine right to be in someone else's art if they don't want me to be a part of their yeah, art. Yeah, that's a very good but point. Like, like nothing, nothing makes me, you know. So it's yeah, and I can imagine as a film student who hasn't been in the world of film long, it's probably a question you've been asking yourself because you write as well, hey? No, oh, absolutely. Uh, that's the that's the scariest in my opinion, the scariest art form that I per- try to pursue. Writing is such a, such a weird thing. It is such a, it's, you gotta be so vulnerable when you write. Mm-hmm. You gotta, to, at least to get into a comfort zone where you start to make something that you love. And it's so, it's so difficult sometimes for me when I'm writing, I feel like the moment I start writing, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this right now because I'm not comfortable talking about what I want to talk about. Like I'm not ready to go there yet. Yeah. You know, because I find that at least when, when you write something you like, I feel like it's, it's like problem solving, you know, you, you might not even know where you're trying to go with whatever you're making because you, you're processing it, mm-hmm. you know? And so, uh, writing is a beautiful thing in that way. Yeah. And, uh, it is something that I tried to do a lot, but it's also one of those things where I'm like, oh, there's so many things I want to write and I don't know what I even want to start writing. And even if I do write it, what do I do with it? You know, like if I write a ton of scripts, a part of me is like, oh, damn it. I 
you know, I finished this story, but what's it all for? Yeah. Am I going to give it to somebody? And it's like, no, I always, you, it, you gotta, you gotta make it for, for the sake of making it for the love of the story. You know? mm-hmm. And I bet that's going to change a lot as we reach the next phase and uh, yeah, the, the next phase in society, I guess. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know what to call it either. Yeah, like that, that thing <laughs> after all of this kind of settles, like things will definitely be changing for probably like thirty years after this, which is a terrifying thought, but also a good one. Oh, there's a crazy shift that's gonna happen. I'm so excited to see what it is. Yeah, you think like after World War One there was dataism, and everyone's like, "What the hell is happening?" You're like an yeah. upside down <laughs> urinal. What is that? It's art now. <laughs> They did not like that. So what are we going to get out of... And the th- funny thing is, our society's already so jaded and so... The humor's already so ironic. What else is there to subvert? What are we going to do? I don't know, but it'll be crazy. Oh, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I am so pumped. I... But it's... It's uh, it's it's going to be so... It's going to be so weird, man. I can already <laughs> tell that there's going to be like these conspiracy theorists that exist that are like still going to stay in their homes and they're never going to leave. And we're going to have a whole title for them on the internet, (laughs) you know, like it's just, it's going to happen, Yeah. you know, but I'm, uh, it's going to be a beautiful thing. I think that this is really going to open up uh, doors for people to voice their opinions more. And I think you're going to see a big increase in people just releasing content, Mm -hmm. talking about what they love to talk about. And hopefully a more diverse group of these artists being listened to. Oh, for sure. That's 100% going to happen. I am excited to see uh, the... I'm so excited to see what the community brings to Mm -hmm. animation, especially. I'm so excited to see what comes from music. I'm so excited to see what comes from movies, especially movies. I'm really excited to see... Because it's really interesting how... um, horror movies started becoming major hits the past few years because before they were always mm. panned at the box office like people just you know it's a horror movie it's it's uh kitschy and whatever but now Ari Aster and Jordan Peele are making these beautiful statement horror movies so like what are, what are they gonna do because <laughs> we're living through That's, a horror movie right now I think, Jor- I think Jordan Peele's I, a part of me is hoping Jordan Peele's getting something ready you know they've got to be writing something right now dave Chappelle, uh dave Chappelle released uh like a, a stand-up like a not maybe just under a week ago like oh, really? he got he has a friend who owns some sort of land of some sort and he just got a bunch of people over there and he did a whole stand-up it was called eight eight forty six, i think is what it's called well, that's cool and uh yeah it's amazing you can watch it online it's just it's stand literally dave Chappelle just doing free stand-up <laughs> you know but uh it's it's waking it's it's waking something up in people this whole scenario was bringing people out of their shells more and i was uh i was at like those i was at the protests too and mm-hmm. i was very like motivated after those protests like it was super cool to be there and be a part of that and then when i got out of there i was like oh man i have so many opinions i want to make all these i want to write all these things right now i want to talk about all this stuff you know yeah. <laughs> like I felt so uh, rejuvenated by uh, the sort of sense of community that came with it. I think that's exactly it. Uh, I think our, our Western society, and yeah, it's just been very cold and very isolating mm-hmm. and very Def- individualistic isn't a bad thing when you still have, 
connection to people, but I think we pushed the individualism too far. And even our art became disconnected Mm -hmm. from each other. And like, how does that happen? Art is a community thing. And the things that we're going through now with the protests and with COVID, it's forcing us to rely on each other again. And we are going to start seeing the world in a very different, like already I see the world in a very different way. Absolutely. I was, uh, I was quite, I got to a very pessimistic phase at one point during this whole Mm -hmm. thing where I was like, oh, at first I was like, man, this is going to be so great. Everyone's going to be so interconnected and we're all going to be taking care of each other a little more even if it's for like a year or two after this it'll be a nice little year of whatever Mm -hmm. you know and then this next week came and i was like man what if the like the internet just goes out right now (laughs) like what would happen right now if all like if there's just a huge power outage right now and i was like (laughs) i got to a very weird place in my head but uh it's it just made me realize we're just such uh we're such simple pe- we're such simple creatures mm-hmm. you know i i really do think that uh, most things in life are a lot simpler than we make them and i think when it comes to this like i have no doubt that people are starting to realize more and more like art is so important for us to be healthy if anything it's more so one of the few things you actually really need to be satiated throughout the day when you go about your life. It probably, it, I have no doubt it's made people realize that it, it's made them realize that their routines throughout the day might not be what uh, might not have to be what they were before. Yeah. You know, these sort of things we invested our time into are were fairly unnecessary. And, uh, space away from those things for sure opened up people's minds and like, oh, this has this effect on me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Know? I I want to know how many people opened up their mind to the fact that, oh, I'm surviving being in my apartment with food, with water, but I'm not living right now. And that's why they they got GarageBand. And I wish I could hear all of the crappy sounds <laughs> and crappy first songs that people are making that they're still super proud of and that makes them want to do more because that's so exciting. Oh, it's beautiful. It's such a beautiful thing. Um, I saw, there's a place called Victory Square in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, they're like it, they didn't they, they didn't they don't usually show up as much as they do but there are these, there's this guy who has this boom box who travels around downtown and he will come over and he'll just play music in random areas of the sidewalks and stuff all around the city and people don't really think anything of it and then this situation happened and I went to Victory Square and I kept going to Victory Square like once a week because of this guy because he would come there and he would put the boom box down for some reason bunches of people would just come around and start like singing and like playing music i love that yeah it was awesome <laughs> it was like, like just why couldn't why can we do this all the time you need that person you know? to just break the ice and be like hey yo it doesn't have to be awkward yeah man yeah he does he doesn't it doesn't work out every day mm-hmm. it doesn't work 99 percent of the time but when it does work it's like oh look at all this <laughs> like everyone's having such a great time everyone's so happy right mm-hmm. now and it's just you know we're just having a jovial time being alive, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm wondering if people are going to rabidly consume art as soon as we get out of the, the, the quarantine. Well, well I think they're going to rapidly de- consume alcohol. <laughs> Depending on their financial situation, of course, some people are able to work right now, some can't. But those who can, mm-hmm. I wonder if they will start flocking to all these things that were cut off from them before. Mm, that's a very interesting point. I'm not sure. I hope so because would... some the industries really need it. But... <laughs> oh, they'll get it. I it'll. 
I have no, I'm not worried about the industries in any way, shape, or form. I think that this is a uh, life comes in waves. I like to say so. It's I think this is just one of those tough waves that's going to hit us very hard. But at the end of the day, I think these art forms are a little too. It sounds so. I sound like a fool saying it, but I really believe I think these things are too powerful to be sort of brought down mm -hmm. in a way. I think there is so much strength that comes in uh, the industry of music and film, and I don't think that those things could ever disappear. Like I'm 99% sure that we'll never lose theaters. Yeah. You know. It's the only industry we'll... that survived thousands of years. <laughs> yeah. I think I don't think we'll ever lose music, you know, no. live concerts and things like that and festivals. Um, I sure as hell hope that we don't have to wait till 2022. Yeah, God, me neither. But, uh... you know, <laughs> baby steps, baby steps. I mean, June came quickly. Maybe we'll just reach it and be like, oh, okay, well, we're here already. Cool. Man, man, it's literally June. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> We were like so pumped, man. Like the decade started, more like this is gonna be. This is gonna and be I, I feel like I'm 50 years old, and it's only June. Oh yeah, I've. Do you feel like this has gone on? Does it feel like this has gone on longer than it actually has? I feel like it's been like a year. Yeah, I I think that <laughs> honestly there was the big scare at the beginning, and now everybody's kind of just gotten used to it, and we're getting into a rhythm of regular life, and because of that. Uh, I, I guess just familiarity with the risks and everything now it's it, it kind of just has become another mundane part of life put on your mask before you go in the supermarket you know and it's just and yeah. that familiarity makes it seem like it's gone on a lot longer than it actually has all right do you have any closing remarks or thoughts about all of this stuff we talked about no matter what crazy shit is happening in the world just remember, you have the absolute freedom to make whatever the hell you want, whenever the hell you want, and you should absolutely do it. If you're someone who thinks about wanting to make content, whether it's music or whether it's making like a video, whatever it is, and you do have the ability to do it, and the only thing holding you back is the fact that you're scared, the best piece of advice someone ever gave me was that that fear is telling you that you should probably do that thing. You know? So I would say, please, please, please do your best to push yourself to make content and uh, realize just how freeing it is to be able to make your own art. Oh, that was beautiful. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I've heard that after I started this podcast, because if I'd heard it before, I would have been like, oh, I'm wasting all these ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for coming on and being such a talkative guest. That's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an introvert, so sometimes I'm like, how do I get people to talk? I don't know, so. <laughs> I've been there, I've been there. It takes pride. Awesome. That's our episode, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. That was A Rush Is Easy, talking about arts and culture post-COVID, post-protests. Uh, have a great week, and take care out there. Bye.